Right before Christmas of 2023, Governor Hochul signed legislation ensuring state and local governments have access to LLC ownership information, which officials say is necessary to better police unlawful activity, such as money laundering, mistreatment of tenants, and wage theft. But the new measure represents only a portion of what transparency advocates, as well as the bill's sponsors, were hoping to achieve, as the governor only agreed to this component of the bill if lawmakers were willing to gut a portion requiring a public database of LLC owners. For more on the compromise and what comes next, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room studio by Assemblymember Emily Gallagher, a Brooklyn Democrat and sponsor of the LLC Transparency Disclosure Act. Welcome back to the show, Assemblymember. Thank you so much for having me. So what information have state and local government officials traditionally not had access to with regards to LLCs that you wanted to address with this legislation? So under the current circumstances, LLCs really don't disclose anything about who is in ownership of them or who is gaining benefits from them. So one of the, the issues that we, we see time and again, for me, I, I became aware of it from uh, tenants' rights issues, was that we see people who um, they look up who owns the building, they get an address like 59 Oak Street LLC, and then they can follow a trail if they want to spend time researching business databases. But a lot of times they all lead to like a lawyer in a different state who manages like LLCs. So we want to know who it is that is getting the profits from that business, regardless of the business. And that was not really accessible before. And there is a federal law that was passed, I believe it was last year, that would collect this data for the federal government. But as many people know, it's very difficult to get information from the federal government to the state government in a timely fashion. So this particular bill allows the ownership information to be accessed now by state and local government, state agencies, and law enforcement. Well, how do you want to see those entities who are gaining access to the information use what they will have uh, when this becomes effective? I think it's a really, really huge step forward for transparency, although it does not achieve transparency at this moment. I really want to see people able to hold bad actors accountable. And LLCs have become the go-to for folks who want to hide money, who want to not really be accountable for treating a building, for example, as like an investment rather than a place where people live, right? Like jacking up the rent and not making repairs and that sort of thing. And also a lot of bad companies that are doing construction or other sort of things, we see them stealing wages. We see unions having problems with these guys and they can't get accountability. So this is going to be really exciting because it means that if there's a reason to look into an LLC, we are going to be able to do that. The AG is going to be able to get access. Local governments are going to be able to get access. That means HCR, who oversees all of the housing rights in New York City, for example, and in the state, they are 
authorized by statute to access this data. And many rent-stabilized buildings, which we're trying to protect in New York City, are owned by LLC landlords. So this is going to also help us preserve rent stabilization and a number of other issues. This is really at the center of so many problems. And now we're going to be able to hold those folks accountable, which is really exciting. And just to be fair to some of the LLC owners who are not necessarily in it for nefarious reasons, there are legitimate business interests Mm -hmm. for why you might pursue an LLC as well. In terms of ensuring compliance, though, is there a mechanism in this legislation designed to make sure that the LLCs are sharing their information with state and local government? Is there a a carrot or or a stick approach in this bill? Yes, there's a carrot and a stick. As a matter of fact, I think in this version, the version that the governor signed, that the enforcement is actually better than what we had originally written. So now companies that have failed to file after two years will be labeled as delinquent and will have their authority to do business in New York suspended by the Department of State. That's a huge win because it means that you can't just ignore the law, you won't be able to do business anymore. And after 30 days, when you've been supposed to file and you haven't filed for 30 days, a company will be labeled past due and maybe find $500 a day payable to the office of the attorney general. So that is two major sticks to hold people accountable here. And for comparison, the original bill had, what, a $250 fine for noncompliance? And so now we're talking $500 a day? A day. That's like a huge, huge difference. Now, is there any guarantee that state or local government officials, law enforcement who have access to this information moving forward will actually utilize it in the way that you're hoping they will? Is there a potential that they might either sit on their hands and not use it or just not have the capacity to actively use this in a meaningful way? That's definitely something that is a concern always. I know, for example, I mentioned HCR earlier. They are perpetually underfunded, and they they do sometimes have difficulty keeping up with the vast numbers of requests that they get. But I think this is going to make the process easier for them because they're going to be able to find out if there is a bad actor and then they find out that they're owning other buildings too, they can start to think about how to hold that person more accountable. So there, there is that risk, but I do think the level of support that we got from the attorney general, from the comptroller, from the district attorneys across the state shows that there is an enthusiasm to use this. And the fact that we were able to win access by state and local governments, that's a really, really big win. Because before in our negotiations, there was some talk of just having it be through the courts. This is going to allow agencies to take action. So there's multiple pathways here that people are going to be able to to work on this. And I think the enthusiasm shown for this bill across the board shows that it's going to be utilized well. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about LLC ownership transparency with Assemblymember Emily Gallagher. So you were looking for a public database of ownership as well as the component that we were talking about previously. Um, But as written, that was a deal breaker for the governor, so it isn't getting done now. How would the public database have worked? And why does the public 
also need this info. I'm really glad you asked that because that was something I was very passionate about and I remain really passionate about it. The good news is that now that the database is created, we can keep pushing on this piece of public transparency. But public transparency would allow the work to happen much more efficiently. For example, I work with many, many tenant associations who are desperate to find out who their landlord is so that they can say, I'm trying to get in touch with you. My ceiling caved in. Can you please come and repair this? And as it is, those tenants are going to have to go through someone else to get that information. But I think it's really important to be able to connect the dots, not only between one business and the injured party, but also to be able to see the flow of influence and money. I mean, there's an aspect of this that also gets into campaign financing, right? A lot of LLCs make donations to campaigns and that's allowed. And you don't know who's behind that donation. So dark money, all of that sort of thing is connected here. We also want whistleblowers at job sites to be able to get this information. And that is going to be harder now if you have to go through a process. Having that information publicly accessible is really important so that folks can engage in a more efficient way and in a clearer way about where their money is going, how it's being used, and who's behind their issue. Governor Hochul, in opposing the creation of a public database, argued that there were privacy concerns with the measure as written. And uh, some uh, opponents in the real estate industry are argued that this could uh, deter, say, celebrities from buying certain properties. What do you think of these privacy issues raised by opponents uh, of the whole bill, uh, and do you feel like the bill, as originally written, provided uh, safeguards to uh, address uh, the privacy concerns that have subsequently been raised? I definitely think we put the appropriate safeguards in place, and I think it was a desperate attempt on the by the business council and by the uh, real estate board to find a way that they could block this bill. I know. I know that the folks who are behind pushing against this are the ones who are helping billionaires park money. And many of those folks who are buying like penthouses on 59th Street or whatever, they are people who are not supposed to be purchasing things in the United States, some of them. So this is one of the issues that we were addressing. And I know that these excuses that were given to the governor, that the governor then repeated, uh, are bad faith. Because we did put in an opportunity for people who had a credible fear about their identity being exposed. They would have been able to get a number that would have stood in for their name so that you would have been able to see the connections and you would have been able to trace them only through uh, the same authorities that now have access to the information. So they would have already been in this system that, that we are in. This was a way to try to push for a veto and I didn't accept the veto. I was willing to put that part on hold 
so that we could get this database created because when I saw the vehement opposition from these two industry councils that I think were acting in very bad faith and were acting in order to protect the very people we are trying to, you know, hold accountable, I absolutely think that this was blown out of proportion. So in many ways, the public database is an important check on the actual enforcement by state and local government officials because people can keep track of uh, the activity on on their own and see what's getting done or not getting Mm -hmm. done. So without that component, does that create an additional pressure on, say, the state legislature to hold hearings and actually hold people accountable on the enforcement side of this? Yeah, I really hope that um, my colleagues in the legislature will will be enthusiastic, as I know they were to pass the bill, um, to use this database with full force to hold our agencies accountable to. I think there's tremendous opportunity for new laws that will work in tandem with this database, and I'm really excited to see what people do with it. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Assemblymember Emily Gallagher. She is a Brooklyn Democrat. Assemblymember, thank you so much for visiting us in the studio. Thank you. You know I love to be here. Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.